0: Well, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for having me on today and listening in on the show. Uh, I look forward every week to to talking to people out there. We'll start off today by asking a question to the transgender folks out there. And uh, I doubt there are many of you that listen to my show. In fact, I doubt there are many of you at all. You know, supposedly there's several thousand people who identify themselves as transgender, and that translates roughly into about three-tenths of one percent of the U.S. population. And I don't know, you know, if that's an accurate figure. It could be, may not be. But the question is, okay, if you were born a boy and you want to be a girl, or you were born a girl and you want to be a boy, or if you can't make up your mind and want to go back and forth, then I don't care. You know, that that's free will, I guess, it's something you want to do, it's something you want to feel, it's something you need to deal with, I would say that you have a problem, and it's up to you to try to resolve that problem. Why is your problem my problem? Why should I change my life, give up my right to privacy, and change my lifestyle to accommodate your problem? but that's what's going on. Now, what brings us to a head here in Texas is the fact that I don't live too far from the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex, and I, in fact, lived in Dallas for a while. And Fort Worth Independent School District has decided to adopt special rules and regulations to protect what appears to be a few dozen transgender students in the system and basically the rules they have adopted in, without consulting with parents, without talking to the, the students themselves for the most part, they are the politically correct rules that say if you decide you want to, you're a girl, that you want to be a boy, then you could go use the boy's bathroom, you can go in the boy's shower room. The same is true if you're a boy that decides you want to be a girl. Now, They're saying that if you are not a transgender and you feel uncomfortable with this, then that's your problem. And they will accommodate students to a certain extent in that the public restrooms, which are labeled boys and girls, or men and women, will be open to anybody, regardless of their gender, their birth gender, who decides they want to use that restroom. If you feel uncomfortable with that and you are a straight person, student, then there will be a cubicle restroom able to accommodate one person at a time that will be set aside for your use. There will probably be long lines for those. So in order to accommodate a few people who claim to be transgender, and again, there's not going to be any proof required here. I mean, if some, and how long is it going to be before a couple of teenage boys decide, you know what, I'm going to pretend to be a girl today. I'm going to go say that I feel like I'm a girl today, and therefore I want to take a shower in the girl's shower room after P.E. There's no way to stop them. Under these new rules and regulations set up by the Fort Worth ISD, that's perfectly legitimate. And what's even more, if a a student is claiming to be transgender, their parents cannot be notified of that fact. Their parents can't be asked, is this true? Is your son really think he's a girl, or does he just want to go in and ogle the new girls, teenage girls in the girls' bathroom and shower room? and flash his stuff to them. Now this is happening all over the country, not just in the schools. It's being mandated by the federal government, in universities, in businesses. We've already had Target come out and say this is going to be their policy. And by the way, I'm I'm pleased to say I signed the petition that says I will never set foot in Target store again. I'm not going to spend my money for political correctness, particularly stupid political correctness. As far as I'm concerned, that's what this transgender policy is all about. How long is it going to be? In fact, how long is it going to be It's already happened, I understand, one Target store where a woman has a little girl in the ladies' room and a man comes in and starts flashing his stuff with a little girl. And his defense is that, well, today I feel like a woman. I'm a transgender. Don't have to be wearing a dress or anything. Just today I feel like a woman. So you have no right to privacy. Your child has no right to privacy. I may be a pedophile or just a flasher, but I have rights that you don't have. You can't protect yourself and your child from me. This is where this country is going. In North Carolina, they pass a legitimate law and are told by the Department of Justice that that law violates the Constitution and violates the Civil Rights Act. The Civil Rights Act includes gender. It doesn't include transgender. Transgender never was meant to include transgender that wasn't even considered yet we have the Obama administration through the Department of Justice saying that you know what we don't need the Supreme Court we don't need the Congress to change the law we don't need anybody but us the Fuhrer that Obama says this is what we want to do and this is what we have to do we have to sue the state of North Carolina we have to punish them by withholding federal funds we have to do whatever we can to keep them from protecting the right to privacy of the vast majority of their citizens. And then you have your private companies that are jumping on the bandwagon that are attacking states that are passing laws trying to protect, for example, religious freedom. In other words, if you have a business, and of course we have the wedding cake company, little family-owned business is a prime example out in Oregon, and another one in Colorado, there are two of them out there now, where they basically say, well, we don't believe in gay marriage, it's against our religious beliefs, and therefore we are not going to service the gay couples by making them a wedding cake. That should be their right. That is their right under the Constitution. That is called religious freedom. yet states that are trying to pass laws to protect religious freedom are being attacked by companies like PayPal, being attacked by companies like Disney, which breaks my heart because I've always been a big, big fan of Disney and uh, worked with a Walt Disney company years ago, and, uh, or worked with Walt Disney himself, actually. And, you know, used to take our kids to Disney every other year after like our kids were growing, we still used to go to Disney. Been there within the last few years, as a matter of fact. But I could tell what was happening at Disney starting years ago. The gay community was taking control of Disney company, something that Walt would never have been privy to. They started having gay days at Disney World where they would actually allow gay men to engage openly in oral sex right there in the middle of Main Street. It got to the point where families just during gay day or gay week, as it, it became, just flat couldn't go. And then you have sports, special sports associations like the NBA saying, well, we're not going to go to Georgia and have a national championship game played there. We're not going to have the all-star game played there because you're protecting religious freedom. Now, what do all these people have in common? PayPal, Disney, NBA. They all willingly do business with foreign governments such as Saudi Arabia where if you are gay, you can be executed for that. In Saudi Arabia, if you're a woman, you are discriminated against. You can't drive. You can't leave your house unless you're accompanied by a man. You can't be educated. It, Disney is okay with that. PayPal is okay with that. PayPal also does business with Iran. wrong. The NBA, they get a chance to play exhibition games in some place like Saudi Arabia. They're going to do it. In other words, it is only in the United States of America where you can be subjected to being discriminated against if you favor religious freedom or if you favor the right to privacy. It's all part of the liberal hypocrisy out there. It's all part of the fact that we have to be politically correct at this point to where Claremont University, for example, has set up a special facility, a protected facility, where the wimps who don't want to be subjected to hearing somebody say, I support freedom of speech or I support the right to keep their arms, they have to be protected. So they have a special facility, a safe zone where they can go to. Oh, and by the way, safe zones are only open to minority students. You have to be black or Hispanic or Asian. If you're white, you're not allowed. Now, that's a violation of the Civil Rights Act. Yet liberals are doing this all over the country. They're setting up these so-called safe zones. Here in Fort Worth, or in Fort Worth, their parents are putting up a fight. And the lieutenant governors got involved, the attorney generals of Texas got involved, and it's a fight that they have to win. Because otherwise, we're going to see political correctness destroy our public school system. What happened to the school's duties to just educate our children? When did that get thrown by the wayside? I suggest years ago in a lot of school districts. The priority is to socially engineer our schools, just like our military is being destroyed by social engineering. To socially engineer our schools to make them compatible to the politically correct vision of the socialists, the communists, the people like Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Harry Reid. It doesn't matter that these are taxpayer-funded facilities and that the vast majority of taxpayers don't like what's happening and don't agree with what's happening. They don't care about us. They care about their liberal philosophy. Let's take our first break.
1: Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution.
0: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy. Only on America's Web
2: Radio. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
1: Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. America's Web Radio is the most diverse
2: and informative radio station anywhere in cyberspace. We have shows about health, business, current events, entertainment, home care, and everything in between. We appreciate your continued support of America's Web Radio.
0: You know, I mentioned before the break, the Social engineering is taking place in our military. And let's talk about the status of our military overall. Because Barack Obama's priority has been, since he was elected president, to decimate our military, to weaken it any way he can, and to turn it into a social engineer, to turn it into a military that is not designed to fight for our rights to defend our country but a place a safe haven for gays transgenders for people to have religious freedom if they're muslims but not if they're christians a place where christian chaplains are basically being run out of the military because they're not allowed to talk about the things that, that most christians believe in and uh, Women are now being told that not only can they apply for full combat roles in the military, and that includes training as rangers, army rangers, green berets, Navy SEALs, but they may be ordered to do so. This despite the fact that 92% of the women in the military don't want to go to combat. They don't want to go into combat. Why? Why? Because they understand something that the president doesn't understand or doesn't care about. And Ash Carter clearly doesn't understand or doesn't care about. And that is that the Marine Corps, among others, has conducted significant experiments about how well women perform in a full combat role. The Marine Corps formed units, squads, and platoons that were made up of just men and they were made up of a combination of men and women. And they put them through rigorous testing. In every category where they were tested, in every scenario where they were tested, the units made up just of men outperformed to a great extent the units that were made up of men and women. It's not because women don't try harder it's not because they don't want to do the right thing. It's the, There is a physical difference between men and women. It's recognized in the sports world, to a certain extent, not in colleges. In colleges, you know, it's, it's become ridiculous. But the fact of the matter is, this is part of the social experimentation of the military. In the meantime, the Republicans went along with the sequestration back when Obama was elected president, controlled both houses of Congress, and they allowed for automatic cuts to our military. Then the people went out and elected Republicans and put them in control of the House of Representatives. The Republicans did nothing to stop sequestration, to stop the decimation of our military. Then, in 2014, Republicans were given control of the United States Senate. Again, they did nothing. Made no effort to stop sequestration, to stop the decimation of our military. They have allowed Barack Obama to do what he wants to do, and has put our country in danger. The United States Army right now is smaller than it was in 1941 prior to the attack on Pearl Harbor. That's small, folks. The United States Navy has about half the ships that it used to have, and it is, in fact, smaller than the Navy prior to World War II. The Air Force has about half of the planes that it had just a few years ago. Yet we're still fighting a war. We're still fighting a war on terror. We're being threatened by the Chinese. We're being threatened by the Russians. The North Koreans are threatening South Korea. If North Korea were to invade South Korea right now, we have 30,000 troops, or we used to have 30,000, we've got less there now. We have American troops that are going to be put in harm's way, and we may not be able to save them because we don't have the military military capability. If we were to get into a two-front war right now, where we were fighting like in Europe and the Pacific, like we're in World War II, we're not gonna have a chance. Our military is no longer capable of defending this country. And the threats are not getting lesser. The threats are getting more and more prevalent. I mean, you have the threat of ISIS, and by the way, James Clapper went before the congressional committee this morning and said basically that Iraq, the Iraqi forces, supported by American forces, who are not, by the way, in combat, just listen to our president. He says they're not in combat roles. They're getting killed, but I guess they're getting rolled over by school buses, whatever, not combat roles. But James Clapper says that the city of Mosul is not going to be taken back by the Iraqi forces supported by American troops while this president is in office. Part of that is the president will not commit the resources to do it, to help them do it. Part of it is the fact that Iraq probably is going to degenerate into civil war sometime in the next couple of months because of the fact that the president pulled our troops out completely, did not leave some of our troops in there to support the Iraqi army, to keep the help keep the government stabilized. And now those chickens are coming home to roost, which was the plan, I think, for this president all along. I mean, I, I'm just going to go out and say it, say it ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, the FBI can come knock on my door. I don't care. I don't care if the Secret Service doesn't like it. I don't care if the national news media doesn't like it. This man is a... Barack Hussein Obama is a traitor. He has committed acts of treason against this country repeatedly. Repeatedly. And continues to do so. And I'm not even sure that even... Regardless of who wins the election in November, I'm not sure he's going to stop committing acts of treason against this country. I'm not even sure he's going to voluntarily give up being president. I don't trust this man. This man is a communist, or a socialist, or a Muslim, or all three. He does not believe in this country, has never professed to believe in this country, and is proving over and over again that he will do whatever is necessary to destroy this country. Take the Iranian treaty as an example. And I reiterate what I've said on this show repeatedly. It is a treaty. It was required by the Constitution, by the law of the land, that it be ratified by two-thirds of the members of the United States Senate before it could go into effect. It was not ratified by two-thirds of the Senate. Why? Because the Republican leadership in the Senate and the Republican leadership in the House said, that's okay, we're not going to do, do anything to have the New York Times call us a racist. We're not going to oppose Obama. We're going to allow Obama to violate the Constitution in not just that, that provision of it, but the other provision that allows the president to veto Article One, Section 7, that allows the president to veto legislation passed by Congress. And they said, okay, we're going to allow Obama to present this to the Congress for a negative vote only. And if we vote it down, then he can veto our vote, and it will take three-fourths of the Congress to override his veto. That turns the Constitution on its head. And that's what the Republican leadership in Congress agreed to. They totally gave up their responsibility under the Constitution to the Senators. They sold us down the river. Now they seem to be having trouble understanding whether there's a revolt against the Republican leadership, whether the Republican establishment is being hammered by people are voting for Donald Trump by the millions, whether they're turning their back on the Republican establishment, which If Hillary Clinton is elected president, and if the Republicans are lucky enough to maintain control of the House and Senate, it's going to be more of the same. Hillary will be allowed to do anything she wants because she's a woman and they don't want to be called sexist, so they will allow her to run amok and continue with the destruction of the U.S. military. Something else is happening to this country. And that is, we are becoming a nation of wimps. And this is deliberate. This has been going on for years. I have seen it going on for years. In fact, I'm writing a new article, which I'll be posting sometime in the next couple of days, called The Wimpiest Generation, where I compare the current generation, for the most part, to the greatest generation, the men and women who suffered through the Great Depression and who fought and won a 2 from war in the Pacific and in Europe in World War II. And then came home and didn't expect anything special. My dad and others took advantage of the GI Bill and went to college and he went to work. He went to work, he raised family. And my brother and I were not coddled by my dad. He loved us. He taught us to respect our country, to love our country. He taught us to be honest. And if we got out of line, he wasn't afraid to smack us. That wasn't child abuse. That was raising children. That's what it was all about was he raised us to be responsible citizens. We weren't given anything much outright. Yeah, we got birthday presents and Christmas presents, but I was working by the time I was age 15 to raise money so that I could go on a canoe trip with the Boy Scouts, Venezuela, for example, in Canada, to raise money so that I could pay for my own dates I was working, and I haven't stopped working since, but now we have this entitlement mentality, and we have these wimps that are in our schools, particularly in our colleges. We have the Bernie Sanders people, all they want is their free stuff. Let's take our second break now.
1: Who is, or what is, USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama Eligibility Cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today.
0: With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our
2: Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
0: This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings for Medicine on Call and participate in a lively conversation. Learn what's happening behind the headlines in medicine, understand Obamacare, and learn how to protect yourself and navigate the system.
1: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, Support USJF as they support
2: you. You're listening to America's the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: I was raised by a father who was a military veteran. I've written a book, which became a big seller, about his unit in World War II. It was called A Mortarman. And you can go to my website at Michael Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y, dot Z. J-I-G-S-Y dot com and order a copy of it directly from me if you want a signed copy it's in paperback it's also available on all of the book websites including Amazon, Barnes & Noble and it's available as an ebook, so you can buy it for your Kindle if you're into the e-books and you can read about these men of the 87th Chemical Warbick Diet who they were my dad was considered one of the old men of the unit when they landed on Utah Beach on D-Day. They were in the second wave of forces. They landed with their mortars and what ammunition they could carry on their backs at that point. They set up their mortars immediately and began firing in support of the landing infantry. My dad was 21. The average age of the 1,000 men that were in that unit in that battalion was 19 they fought for 326 straight days till the end of the war in Europe they fought in the Cherbourg Peninsula they fought fought at Aachen they fought in the Hurricane Forest they crossed the Rhine River they crossed the Ziegfeld Line Ziegfeld Line they fought in the Battle of the Bulge well, on the night of December 28th, half of my father's company was lost when they were overrun at a little town of Sadzot in Belgium. They were overrun by SS troops. Half of the men were killed, wounded, or captured. They lost all of their mortars and most of their other equipment. The remnants of my dad's company hooked up with some paratroopers that were sort of lost themselves, American paratroopers that were separated from their unit, and some combat engineers, and they found one light tank, American light tank, and they counterattacked. And they took back the town, and they recaptured their mortars, and recaptured most of their equipment, and then for three days held off a Panzer tank battalion brigade that was trying to take the town back. For that action, every man in that company was awarded the French Croix de Guerre and the Belgian Croix de Guerre, the two highest awards, military awards given out by those countries. These were the men who came home. These were the men of the greatest generation. They came home to their wives, to their sweethearts that had supported them They'd been working in the factories, doing what they could in the war effort. And they demanded virtually nothing in return, except to be left alone to raise their children, to be able to get their children educated, and to be able to work and live the life they wanted. Now, my parents didn't pay for me to go to college. They didn't have the money. My dad had a good job, yes, but my mother had been ill off and on for a long time. And a lot of that money had been spent on medical bills. The insurance didn't cover that much. My parents didn't ask the federal government to pay for it. This is before the days of Medicare. So if I wanted to go to college, and I did, I had to work for it. So that's why I started working when I was age 15. And I paid my way through undergraduate school by working offshore in the oil fields. And When I got to law school, because of the way that LSU was set up, if you wanted to graduate in three years, you had to go to summer school. So I couldn't spend all summer working offshore. So I got part-time work doing some legal research for a lawyer in town, and I borrowed some money. I made a couple of student loans. When I graduated, I paid those loans back. I didn't expect somebody else to pay those loans for me. I didn't expect the taxpayers out there to pay those loans. I didn't expect my parents to pay those loans, they were my student loans. And they weren't that big by today's standards, but they were big enough. They took a significant portion of my monthly income for a few years, but in a couple of years, I paid them off. I never asked for a free lunch. I was taught by my dad and mom, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You want something, you go out and you work for it. But now we have a nation of wimps. When I played little League baseball, we didn't get a trophy just for showing up. We had a trophy if our team won the league. Or if our team gave out trophies, you got a trophy if you were the most valuable player. We didn't expect to get trophies just because we were there. We didn't expect to be told that you could play if you weren't good enough to make the team. Or if you didn't make the team, you didn't always get to play every game. I had to coach Little League Baseball. My sons on the team two of them they didn't expect to get to play every game unless they earned it you earned what you got that was the way of our world that's not the way of the world today you have college students roaming around going oh you have to protect me from free speech I'm so sensitive my feelings are going to be hurt if somebody says something that I don't agree with. So you have to protect me, and furthermore, you have to punish the person that exercises free speech. And our young children are taught they don't have any responsibility for themselves. They're supposed to be taken care of. College students, they think they're entitled to a free education. That's why so many of them are supporting Bernie Sanders. They don't know he's a socialist. If they do know he's a socialist, they don't know what socialism is. They're totally clueless. They haven't been taught anything anymore about our government. They've been taught to believe that the government is supposed to take care of them and that the people who pay taxes and who work for a living, we are supposed to take care of them. They're not supposed to have to take care of themselves, particularly if they're so-called minority students. And what constitutes a minority? Well, whoever says, I'm a minority. If you're black, if you're Asian, if you're Hispanic, if you're Muslim, you can call yourselves a minority. If you're gay, you can call yourselves a minority. If you're transgender, you can become a protected minority. The only people out there who are not protected are those that are told they need to feel guilty because of who they are. I'm white, so I'm supposed to feel guilty because I have what somebody called white privilege. What the hell is that? What does that mean? Well, if you're a liberal, it means whatever you want it to mean at any given time. And we actually have students on the college campuses who are walking around apologizing because they're white. I'm not going to apologize for being white. I'm not going to apologize for earning what I've made in this this world. I'm not <clears throat> gonna apologize because I paid my own way through college. I'm not gonna apologize because I'm a US Army veteran. In fact I'm not apologizing to the left people, wing people out there or the wimps for anything. And I you know, I've gotten some pretty nasty threats in the last couple of months about people who say I need to be silenced that we need to It shuts you up for good. Now I understand that 1,500 Texans have been put on an ISIS hit list. I haven't been notified that I'm on that list, but if I am, bring it on. I'm not going to be terrified by ISIS, and I'm not going to be terrified by ISIS. I'm not going to be terrified by some wimpy college student out there who wants to shut me up because I'm hurting his feelings or her feelings. I don't care. What I care about is the fact that I need to have the freedom to say what I want, to talk about what I believe in, to exercise the religion I believe in, to keep and bear arms, to have due process, and to have the right to privacy. To basically be left alone by you wimps. Because that's what we have out there. I mean, all those college students that are going to listen to Bernie Sanders, when all this is over, most of them will go back to living in their parents' basements. Living in their parents' basements. Why? Because their parents owe them something. Their parents owe them a living. Simply because they're related to them. Not because the kids have earned anything. Not because they're willing to go out and earn anything. Their parents are supposed to take care of them. And the government is supposed to take care of them. And the parents and the government are buying into this. The parents simply because they're pretty much wimps too. The government, because that's the way they can control us. That's the way they can... this country will degenerate from being a constitutional republic into a dictatorship. The more people that are on the government dole, the more people that rely on the government to take care of them, the more they will vote for that government to maintain it in power, the more they will vote Democratic. I'm tired of being told all the victims out there, victims of racism, victims of sexism, victims of religious persecution. If you can't stand up for yourself, that's your problem, that's not my problem. If you want to be a wimp, that's your problem, that's not my problem. I saw this coming... Years ago, when I was a scoutmaster, and our scout troop, we had a tough bunch of kids. We had a huge scout troop, comparatively, and we produced, in nine years, 57 Eagle Scouts, 12 of who ended up going into the military. And I'll tell you more about that after we take our last break.
1: Watchdog. and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you.
0: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
2: on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com.
1: The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution.
2: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: Well, as I was saying before the break, we had a, a scout troop, 57 Eagle Scouts in nine years. 12 of them ended up in the military during the invasion of Iraq. Five of my Eagle Scouts were in the invasion. One was my oldest son, Sean, who at that point was a, you know, still a captain and, uh, or first lieutenant actually, and he was in the invasion. And then we had a, another of my Eagles who was a Black Hawk helicopter gunner. And then we had three of them were Marines. And it was, a, it was a tough time. I mean, I was naturally worried about my own son, but also worried about these other guys. All of them came home. As far as I know, most of them are still in the military. These are good kids. But they weren't, and they weren't wimps. I mean, our scout troop we took long hikes, we climbed mountains, we worked hard, and they had fun doing it. And if a scout got out of line, then he was told to drop, give me 15 push-ups, give me 20 push-ups. They didn't whine about it, they did it. And they knew not to get out of line again, but they'd have to do it again. Then the Boy Scouts decided to ban that. That was child abuse. Getting someone to do push-ups, to exercise, is child abuse. That's the wimp factor at work, ladies and gentlemen. And I saw that it was working. By the way, our, our my scout troop <clears throat> sort of ignored that directive. And that's one reason that we produce so many good Eagle Scouts. Our Scouts were today are in many, many professions, professional jobs, doing real well. But one example that happened, which I remember very clearly and told me where this country was going was we had three Cub Scout packs feeding into our troop, which means we would have graduation ceremonies every year where the boys who were graduated from the Cub Scouts would cross over a bridge that we'd built uh, and symbolically then cross over into the Boy Scouts. And we always had a tenderfoot camp out for the new boys uh, within a, a couple of weeks of their crossover. And at uh, this point... We had a full-scale troop camp out and the Tenderfoot out was part of that. And we went camping at Camp Avondale, which is right outside of Baton Rouge. We had a bunch of activities for the boys, and they played games at night, and they cooked their own meals, and they cleaned up after themselves. And uh, everyone had, you know, this was the way it was. Everyone had a good time, I thought. And then we got home on Sunday, and Sunday afternoon I got this irate call from a woman who was furious over the fact that her young son, a tenderfoot, had come home after the camping trip crying because his patrol leader, which was another scout, an older scout, had made him wash his own dishes after eating dinner on Saturday night. And this woman was just a guest. How dare her son be made to wash his own dishes? He didn't have to do that at home. Why should he have to do it on camping trips? And I asked what to me seemed a very logical question. I said, well, if he doesn't wash his own plate and cup and spoon, who else is supposed to do that for him? And her answer was very revealing. She said, well, isn't that what you're there for? I said, no, and I hung up. Needless to say, her son never went on a camping trip again. He probably still lives in his mama's basement somewhere. That's what I saw coming, and that's what we have, that entitlement attitude. Somebody else is responsible for you. You're never responsible for your own actions is the philosophy of the left. Someone else is responsible to take care of you. You know, the the saying goes that the problem with socialism is that eventually the socialists run out of other people's money to give to the people who don't want to work. And that's exactly what is going to happen before long in this country. I mean, look what we've got running right now. We a 74-year-old socialist who believes in imposing on this country a former government that has failed everywhere in the world for hundred years. Oh, and by the way, when I, I said this in an article recently and I posted on Facebook and on my blog, I got this hysterical reply from guy one guy telling me that I was full of it that socialism has been highly successful in Denmark, and Finland, and Sweden. Well, to begin with, what they have there is not a pure form of socialism, because they still have a vibrant free enterprise system as far as their economy goes. But they do have high wages and, and uh, high welfare benefits and this sort of thing. And it's so successful that the former prime minister of Sweden has just announced that it's been a total failure in Sweden that he is sorry for one that he ever pushed the country into it. Yet this guy was hysterical. This guy was threatening me, essentially, for daring to say that socialism doesn't work. I don't care. Again, bring it on. I am tired of dealing with wimps. I'm tired of dealing dealing with liars. I'm tired of dealing with crooks like Hillary Clinton of dealing with liars, like members of CNN, news media and ABC. I'm an American. I will die a free American. America itself may not be free, but I will be free one way or the other. I'm getting too old for this nonsense, but I'm never too old to fight for my country. I'm getting too old to be politically correct and put up with this nonsense. Necessary, I will lock and load. And I will fight for my country. By the way, my new novel called Rag, which is a patriotic novel, is going to be sent to the publisher in the next couple of days. It will probably be out sometime in late June or early July. I will let you know when this comes out. It will come out initially as a paperback, and a few weeks later it will be an ebook. Again, there will be copies available that you can buy through our website. And there will also be copies available on all the major booksellers like and uh, Barnes and & Noble, and I'll let you know. I'm, I'm proud of this book. I think it tells a story that needs to be told. I think you'll enjoy reading it, and I think it'll be uplifting for you. And again, you can buy my books, including a patriotic novel, my first one called Mortimer. I mean, you know, the A Story of America, and of course Mortimer's about my dad's here in World War II. You can buy both of those through my website along with the other books I've written including the booklet on the Constitution which is being given out by people to schools, children around the country who aren't being taught about the Constitution. That booklet goes only $6 and you can order multiple copies at a substantial discount. You can find all that on my website at www.michaelconnolly.jigsy.com. You can go to The website, America's Web Radio, my homepage there, and you can find a link to that website. You can also go to www.constitution.jigsy.com, and there you can order copies of all the books, including the the book. And you can also read my blog articles. And Again, I'm going to be posting one in the next few days called The Wimpiest Generation. And I'll incorporate some of the things we've talked about today and some other things you might find of interest. And I welcome your comments about it. Please get other people to listen to this show. It's archived within a few days of being broadcast so people can listen on the web anytime they want to. Get them to read my blog. Get them to buy copies of the booklet, Our Constitution, and my other books. Help support what I'm doing here and help support the United States Justice Foundation, usjf.net. We need your help because we're fixing to get into a big fight with the federal government over the new proposals for the Social Security Administration to take away the gun rights of seniors. So thank you for having me on today. I look forward to talking to you again next week.
2: Have a good one. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.